0: Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. And this week on the show, you are getting a rebroadcast of when Natalie Katona and I covered one of my all-time top five favorite movies in history ever. A League of Their Own starring Gina Davis and Tom Hanks and Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell and a ton of other people. This is an edited version of that live show where we discussed the films at the time we had just finished the prime original series of the same name. So we naturally compared the two. If you want the full unedited version, you can head to YouTube. The link will be in our show notes. You can give that a listen. Otherwise, just listen to this edited down version. And now here we go to the show.
1: All right, we are live. Players, let's play ball. (laughs) Hi, everyone. This is Still Comfy with Nat and Jules. Um, I'm your host of the evening. I'm Natalie Katona from To All The Men I've Tolerated Before. And we will be covering a league of their own because over on Jules' Instagram for Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, we did the show, the Amazon
0: Prime show. Jules, introduce yourself. (laughs) Hello, friends. I'm Julia Washington, your host of Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. I just realized that I didn't write down any facts about
1: a league of their own, so let like me what, pull it. What kind of facts? Like, the don't we usually do the, like, near that summary? it came out and the summary? 1992. Right. Yep, here it, it is. is a league of their own is a movie that came out in 1992 it is two hours and eight minutes long and if you remember anything that means it doesn't meet natalie's rule of movies shouldn't be longer than 90 minutes um against all odds madonna gets to be on the poster even though she doesn't have that many lines (laughs) she was a big draw though she was a big draw um Two sisters join the first female professional baseball league and struggle to help it succeed amid their own rivalry. Madonna is doing the most in this movie in all of the right ways.
0: Well, I think that was the intention of her character.
1: All the I'm way aware. In. I'm just saying that I missed it in the television show because in the television show, there was no Madonna-esque uh, character to do it. All and do it all in all the ways and go all the way all the way
0: me yeah yeah i did love it i do love this movie so much it's, it's not great, healthy it's a great movie and do you know what
1: i realized this first go around or this go around of watching it Tell so me. i thought so i thought that after like kit pushes dotty and dotty loses for the peaches or whatever that kit and donnie have no contact until they like look at each other at the like old ladies museum 50 years later yeah 50 years later at the baseball hall of fame and then i realized i was like no they have her daughter clearly says anti-kit they've clearly fucking carried on a relationship for the entire lives like i thought their rivalry went so
0: deep that they were like and now we'll never speak again no not at all no. I love that moment after the fact because I think it's so crucial to the story. Um, because Kit finally gets her moment. Dottie's, you know, acknowledging like you you're not she's not it's not like she's saying she's the better player, but she's acknowledging like, good for you, kit, like I'm proud of you. And they have this like really sweet, sisterly moment. <clears throat> Excuse as, me. as you
1: know, everything about Dottie throwing the game pisses me off. <laughs> Because I am a firm believer that if you are talented, you are allowed to be talented, no matter how much it makes other people feel. And that's a huge theme in this movie where, you know, Gina Davis is naturally gorgeous Gina Davis. And I also believe that people have the right to be pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm pro-pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, people have the right to be pretty. Yeah. And then like... And then she's good at baseball and people deserve the And it turns the right- out the
0: actress Gina Davis is also naturally good at baseball because when they is were she? doing. Yeah, because when they were doing like the whole training and getting ready for it, because, you know, they actually played baseball in this movie. Um, one of the trainers told her, like, you're naturally athletic.
1: Oh, my gosh, Gina. <laughs> congratulations Mm -hmm. also thank god there was no cgi in this movie i hate cgi
0: well and i think when it comes to like certain types of cgi it's it doesn't bother me but when it comes to a sports movie like especially if you watch that sport on the regular you can tell when it's not what's not when it's not happening like they're like the way the baseballs were thrown in the Prime series, you know that was my number one complaint because it's no. like, that's not how it looks when you play baseball. This At just not, this is not a realistic visual.
1: And I think it's like, CGI is the worst when there's like no reason for it and you know that things aren't supposed to be over the top and like perfectly fast in a straight line and you're mm-hmm. like, why is this the choice that we made? Yeah, Nobody we, throws like that. <laughs> we could have taught them how to throw balls mm-hmm. or... We could have dubbed them. Like, why wouldn't you have just paid a stunt person to do that? Yeah. Irritating. Yeah. But you know, I believe that Gina Davis has the right to be pretty and talented. Mm -hmm. And so Kit gets on my, I mean, my second note after I wrote like, oh, I guess they did talk was, oh, my God, I don't know if even modern age grown Namely Is going to be able to get over Kit. She just has the shittiest face. The entire movie.
0: I mean I understand where Kit's coming from. Like When you have your parents basically saying to you your entire life. Why aren't you like Dottie? Be quiet. You're annoying. You're obnoxious. You're taking up space and you shouldn't be. That's going to affect your psyche. That's going to put you in a position where you're not really like. Where you, instead of, like, understanding what it is or realizing that it's your parents, not you, you're going to start placing that blame on the person who is glorified all the time, right? Like, right. Like when she says to Dottie, like, you're always ruining, you're getting in my way. Like, I knew I was getting too good and this is all, like, you are the reason this isn't working because you think I'm getting too good. Like, in that moment, I was like, oh, you don't understand because you've never been allowed to experience... A full range of emotions you don't understand that it has nothing to do with dotty and you've and the external elements you've never been allowed to be away from the elements that say dotty's the best so you can grow into who you want who you are in the strengths right. that you have i mean i don't know Kit's just like
1: she's shitty and she's shitty for a reason but it still makes my skin crawl <laughs> because i'm like stop it kit my first point of misogyny. Can we talk about how like Marla wasn't like I Marla Hooch. Marla Hooch. <laughs> Justice for Marla Hooch. She was not in any way scary ugly. No, she wasn't. She was like, not the, the way that people reacted. Yeah, <laughs> to Marla's face,
0: and I'm John like, love it. <laughs> I, mm. No, mm. Mm. we gotta go. Mm. We gotta go. You ain't taking her cause she ain't pretty. And I sat down. Them. I was like, that is a solid move, ladies. They yeah. set down their bags and they're just like, nope, fuck nope. you. We're not going without She's a, a great word. Player, we're not leaving without her.
1: Without a word, they just looked at him, <laughs> and he knew. But like, and it wasn't even the one joke. They make that joke four or five times. Like they don't let her show on camera. She's like all yeah, the way far
0: back. yeah Yeah
1: just waving
0: and then there's marla <laughs> do we even know if it's really her it's so far away
1: it's so far away
0: i feel bad for marla well and her, her dad do you know i know my daughter isn't in as pretty as these girls but her mama died when she was whatever and i raised her like a boy and, da, 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 da. and i and- ruined her yeah. And I was just like, Oh honey, like he, it's okay that you don't know how to be femme for your daughter. Like that's not who you are. It's fine.
1: Broke my heart. Yeah. Broke my heart. Yeah. Like I was like, oh sir, no, you probably loved her the best. And
0: out of any of these daddies, you probably did the best job. So And and proof positive in the scene when they're at the train station leaving and she's I mean, I like That's a moment where I cry because she's like, who's going to take care of you? I don't need to go. And he's like, we've literally been working for this. Like, you have to. It's going to be fine. And I just loved that moment. It was so beautiful. It was so cute.
1: The cutest. He's (laughs) like, he did the thing. He's being so great. Mm -hmm. So justice for Marla, who, by the way, is technically the only one that we know gets laid after yeah. she does her little karaoke
0: well i mean we know that madonna gets laid well, yeah. but marla's the one who finds love and i love that twist it's not a twist but i love that turn for her because of all the women and everyone's like oh they're so beautiful they their dollies and like dirt in the skirt and show your whatever marla's the one that finds love that makes I me know. so happy she's so
1: sweet um I thought between the charm classes that in the movie it was more of a this will be a little blip and it'll highlight that we made them take charm classes and that Marla cannot walk. (laughs) And then I think the show tried to make more of a statement about it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the show and the movie, that's the only time that the show made more of a statement than the movie, because the entire time I'm like, this is where the show was supposed to make a statement, and they just skipped it. Mm-hmm. This is where the show was supposed to make a statement, and they just skipped it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you mean in the movie? This is yeah, with in the, the in the movie. The, I have a couple yeah. written down. Let me look. Because when she's like, "Nice, very nice, lovely," and she mm-hmm. <gasps> she gets tomorrow. <gasps> And Ooh. then the assistant's like, What do you recommend? And she, a lot of night games. Yeah. <laughs> so like, terrible, funny line, but also shitty.
1: Also shitty. The Shirley Baker scene where she can't read her own lot- name on the list.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that gorgeous Helen woman
0: comes over. And That's just, the sister from Mad About You.
1: I know. She's gorgeous in mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. I love her. I have her name written down. Everyone was so hot in this movie except for Tom Hanks. <laughs>
0: Well, he's supposed to be playing a washed up drunk. Like, As you know, I
1: love I love the Tom Hanks character. Yeah. I desperately she missed duking. him in the show. Yeah. Um, but this movie has so much heart in it mm-hmm. that they tried to make really dramatic in the show,
0: and it just fell. And I was like, you took the heart out of my movie. Yeah, and you're not wrong because the first time I get emotional is within the first 20, you know, is at that Marla Hooch scene, which is, Mm -hmm. what, 15 minutes into the movie? And then you have these very emotional moments throughout the rest of the film that when I was... 12 didn't necessarily like resonate the same because you're still hopeful life you know hasn't ruined you yet you don't know the realities of misogyny quite fully but every time now I can't not cry or get emotional watching it because it's so beautiful with all the ways that they step stand together step up for each other the way that like jimmy dugan even comes around towards the end of the film he's just like he's 100 and you know he frames it with the whole like let's do this i get a bonus when we get in the world series but he's also actually emotionally invested like the money isn't the motivator it's just a nice little perk
1: there's Um, so much love between the women Mm -hmm. in this movie that they forgot to do in the show even though they wanted them to all be in love with one another and i'm like right "Mm." right there's like no girl win moments in the show there's no like i see you struggling
0: yeah
1: i myself am a woman as well and i'm going to step in to stop your struggling.
0: I wonder too if that's because in the 90s, we were doing, there was a lot of that in the 90s mm-hmm. with female media and television. Yeah. You know, there's just a whole lot of like, and same, you know, even in the, I don't know, there was a little bit more of a hoorah kind of situation. Right. I feel like when I look back and reflect on earlier, late 80s, early 90s, television where we do sort of see more of a bond we're going to stick together because that's the strength in numbers this is the only Mm -hmm. way we're going to survive whereas now even though we talk about well we need to band together it still feels very much like every man for himself yeah and
1: i don't know for for everything that abby jacobson kept screaming at us that she was trying to deliver with the show i'm like it's like you didn't even watch the movie gina davis taught you how to do this and you just went mm. Mm. they don't even help lupita learn english and they don't let her go to the wizard of oz i'm yeah. still mad
0: yeah I'm yeah mad. i did think it was kind of a nice i didn't i forgot that um tom hanks when the Bus breaks down and she's like, Mister Dugan, Mister Dugan, Mister Dugan, and he's like, What is it, baby? Mwah, 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 mwah. And then they pull away and they scream and they're like, Oh my god, what's happening? Da, da, da. And he's like, Oh, by the way, I loved you in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot he said that. So I do appreciate that they went and saw the Wizard of Oz in the series because I felt like that was a cute, like a, a not instead so on of the assaulting nose guy. someone
1: in the name of the Wizard yeah. of
0: Oz. Yeah. Which she kind of does look like the lady from she does. Of Oz. She looks exactly like that actress. She looks exactly like that actress. And honestly, so it's she... almost like, yeah, that's an insult, but not really. Not really.
1: Um the movie also pissed me off about the show about something else. So when Nick Offerman steps down mm-hmm. and they just allow Abby Jacobson to coach i was like there's no way yeah like watching this movie i realized i was like there is no way that these men who just want to sell candy bars Mm -hmm. are not going to just bring in another man to tell you all what to do right like
0: right i also think that that character needed to be there yeah because he also helps because that's their immediate first bond right they come mm-hmm. in there's excited jimmy dugan this famous baseball player is going to be their coach but turns out he's not as exciting as he's they thought rough. he would be so that's the first thing they initially bond over is like okay so our coach is trash so then that gives gina davis the opportunity to take the lead and be like here's what we're doing um and so they kind you know they create that connection right away before the first game and they don't do that in the series it takes several episodes for the team to finally find their footing which in baseball isn't always true because you have spring training not that these girls have spring training they were just kind of thrown into it but you do have opportunities to like develop a relationship with your teammates and we don't get any of that like they should have bonded well yeah. i don't want to say should have i don't want to shit all over somebody else's work i i think it was a missed opportunity to allow for the team to bond over offerman you know nick offerman's character not being involved
1: right and instead he acted kind of like a foil to tear them all apart yeah yeah Cause he like completely wiped out Carson's credibility because she still tried to work with him, Mm -hmm. which I understand the urge to like still try to work with your authority figure because you're like, I mean, he's the one we've got.
0: Yeah. And he could make or break your career. Essentially.
1: You don't know. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. It's just that when I watched the movie, it just really highlighted how, there's so much more characterization in this 2 hour movie to where i truly feel for these people mm-hmm. and i watched eight episodes of a show and i came out wanting a what's her what's the uncle's name in the in the a league of their own you posted about him today
0: oh um oh my gosh bertie bertie Bird. I wanted
1: an, and the only thing I went was, why aren't I getting an Uncle Bert spinoff? Yeah, because that actor knows how to put heart into their role.
0: Yeah, the actor who played Bert did a really good job. Again, again, the series is a black show. Like those white girls, I don't know what the fuck those white girls were doing, but the Mm -hmm. black girls knew what was up. They showed up. They did their role. They told the story. It was good. Um. And back to your movie comment about how, you know, in those two hours you had, you felt they did a really good job in A League of Their Own. I think Penny, I know Penny Marshall directed it. I can't remember she wrote it, too. Excuse me. They did a really good job at establishing very quickly who everybody was and what the relationships were. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important to do not just in a film but also in a television show that you don't know if you're going to get a second series right excuse me because then it helps move the story along so much quicker like we immediately know in the original film dotty and kit have tension because Dottie's telling Kit what to do. Don't use that bat. It's too heavy for you. Remember, this one throws high ones. You know, you don't swing at the high ones. You know, I I love the high ones. Mule, hag, like you immediately Mm -hmm. get a sense of the relationship and that there's going to be tension between them within those first few minutes. That does not exist in the show. It's kind of like, okay, so what's happening? Which, whatever. Again, I don't want to shit all over somebody else's work. With the film, though, the next time you get something that actually, like, you under fully understand what's happening with these characters is Doris and May. Doris, look what I can do. May, look, 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 whatever. And then she's like, how long did it take you to do that? And, you know, except for the time I spent. Whatever. So you establish their relationship very quickly just by sort of observing something. And you get it. Like, you've got historical context for the relationship because they've talked about, they've mentioned, you know something else and yeah all those little moments that really bring the team and give you what you need to know to fully understand so that way then you can dive quickly into what's going on and what the tension will be we know the team's gonna gunning for the world series but how are they gonna get there what's gonna happen and do you know what i think happened with the backdrop I, of the war <laughs> with the
1: backdrop of the war do you know anything happened with the prime show I think that they they didn't walk the line of mimicking the show and adding to the show well. So they mimicked that scene between Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna Mm -hmm. and they kind of had a little quick quick back and forth back and forth. But then they completely dropped that relationship after that moment until they were in a fight.
0: And that introduction was a little too long because mm-hmm. with the Rosie, with May and Doris, it's very quick. It's it's a very quick introduction, but you still get a lot in there. Yeah, with the suitcase scene, it is a very long scene that feels drawn out, and and could have been you know cut down a little bit and 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 tightened up a little bit to get to get the same impact and to piggyback on what you're saying continue that throughout because that's the beauty of the film they continue those types of snippets with doris and may throughout the entire movie like when there's the threat of shutting down the league may's like you tell that mr candy guy he can he's not shutting me down but you have that moment where it's like you see in doris her feel for May because that's how they met because she was doing dancing at doris's dad's club and it's like again a quick snippet of like here's how we know each other and then it gets a callback when the when the league's threatening to shut him down Mm -hmm. and it gets called back again
1: when doris's
0: dad comes to the playoffs and he's like
1: may it's great to see you doing this instead of what you're usually doing and she's like
0: daddy stop yeah exactly so don't talk
1: to may like that (laughs) right
0: It's so like, why? I'm here to buy you guys a steak dinner. <laughs> but another
1: place where I think they really dropped it and they tried to make a statement with the absence of what happened in the movie mm-hmm. was with Evelyn. So Evelyn has to have that little boy still stand well. Still well, Angel. Still well, Angel. And he's the worst. You're he's a demon lose. filed from hell. <laughs> but so Evelyn gets this letter from her husband and he's like, you our kid is the worst. He's annoying, and I'm not raising him just because you want to play baseball. Well, She's she just too busy reading the want ads. Yeah, he's too busy reading the want ads. So she just tells a drunk Tom Hanks, like, this is how it is. I have to have my kid on the road with us. My husband is ill-equipped to raise him. And then in the Prime show, they have an Evelyn Foyle. Who, instead of, like, making the statement of, which is still very prevalent and true today, that, oh my goodness, when children are inconvenient just by existing, the woman has to take that on. Mm -hmm. Instead of making that statement again in the show, they handle the Stillwell thing by making him an absent child that the new Evelyn has fled from. Yeah. And I know that the statement is is supposed to be this backwards, like, well, she shouldn't have had to bring her children. And it's like, yeah, but the movie made that statement by making you watch her raise a child on the baseball road. Right. And right. telling Jimmy Dugan, like, I, my husband's too busy being drunk like you and trying to get a job. So, Stillwell has to come with me.
0: <laughs> and the other layer of that is he's a man we -hmm. can assume maybe he's not able-bodied because he's not working because he's reading the want ads right so it is a time of war we assume your husband is white and he's unemployed during a time when they are recruiting literally everybody because every able bodied white male is being sent overseas correct so like even that's a huge statement
1: Mm mm-hmm Mm mm-hmm and the fact that he doesn't show up with grown-ups still well um to the museum and they don't mention him right so i think that's what the show kept doing it's like well we'll write the wrongs of the movie because we've evolved and we're like we haven't evolved though there are still hundreds of thousands of women who give up working to pick up the slack with their kids
0: Yeah, and I actually don't feel like there were wrongs with the film because the center of the story is Dottie and Kit. Right. So the sisters are the the crux of the story. And then the backdrop of that is, okay, now they're on a baseball team and Dottie's naturally gifted and Kit's really good too because she's had to keep up with Dottie. And then you add the layer of the war. So Mm -hmm. like that scene where the ball gets away and there's some black women on the side and I've talked about this on the episode we did on pop culture makes me jealous of, of a league of their own. And she picks up the ball and Gina Davis is like right here. And like, she chucks it and it gets to, um, what's her face? The beauty queen to show like, she's LMA. just as ta- Yeah. She's just as talented. Like that nuance of these women were left out and they, but that doesn't mean they weren't talented. Like to right. me, that was very clear. They were left out because they were black. Like that was a message I understood from the from childhood. Gun. And so to see in and it still makes me cry. It still makes me get emotional because mm-hmm. it's still saying we understand that th- this is a group of people who were left out of the All American Girls Professional Baseball League. Yes. And what I think the series did do okay again, Black Story, because the because the Max Still convinced
1: that they had two writing teams.
0: Yeah, because Max and Clance is so fleshed out because then you get the backstory of like you know why Black women were and you we should you it should be understood anyway. I feel like, but again, it's like this movie isn't about the peaches. The movie is about Kit and Dotty. Yeah, whereas the prime original is not sure who it's about (gasps) no at any
1: moment do you know okay so when it comes to tom hanks
0: oh i fucking love jimmy dugan
1: jimmy dugan has all of the best lines like any because as i was watching the movie all I could hear was my dad saying the lines that we love best from Jimmy Dugan. Yeah. Like, you would just be out and about, and dad would say a Jimmy Dugan line.
0: My favorite was, <laughs> avoid the clap, Jimmy yes. Dugan.
1: <laughs> <When he signs laughs> that's not advice. Love- <laughs> I, re- like, I wrote down, I was like, avoid the ch- the clap, because we know Jimmy probably didn't. Like, that's <sighs> the advice he has. <laughs> yeah. And so Jimmy is disgusting in this movie. I mean, he redeems himself kind of at the end, but at the baseline, he has a lot of growth, but he's still a very disgusting drunk of a human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even at the end, when he redeems himself and he decides that he's like on board with Gina Davis wanting to be married or play baseball or whatever, disgusting (laughs) at his core. So then I was like, well, now I'm mad that the Prime show was so sparkly. They, like, took out the grit on the Peaches' side. Yeah. Like, they made Nick Offerman mean, but he was, like, mean once. I was like, Jimmy Dugan was disgusting.
0: (laughs) And Nick Offerman, bless his heart, but he's... Hey. Right? Like, he, (laughs) Right? Like, the way that he, like, delivers... Like, he's got a very distinct face yeah when and so it's like and it's expressive so when he's delivering lines it's just kind of like like he you know what I mean it's like yeah it's just it's interesting seeing him in things and I don't think it's because I am obsessed with him as Ron Swanson I don't think it's that I think because he's also in a couple of episodes of Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. and he he doesn't do it in Gilmore Girls but since Parks and Rec I'm seeing him consistently be like, here's this face I'm making. (laughs) I don't know if I described that well. Did he do it in making it? I only watched one episode of making it, so I don't remember. Can we talk
1: about how the only reason why we got a women's league is because men were like, there's a war.
0: How will we sell candy? Yeah, actually, and that's pretty true to life. It was Wrigley, the guy who started Wrigley Gum. It was, he's the one who kind of spearheaded the All-American Girls Baseball professional, All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. So
1: it wasn't because like, oh no, America needs a hobby. We're so down in the dumps. It's like, I have to sell gum. I have Mm -hmm. numbers that I need to sell gum.
0: Well, I mean, he's Wrigley Field is named after him because he gave a ton of money and was like, build it.
1: (laughs) Build it, it's mine.
0: Make it happen. And if you've noticed, they're one of the few stadiums left that isn't named after some weird shit. I'm looking yeah. at UPNC Park.
1: Is <laughs> that one by me?
0: Yeah, it's in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
0: where the Guardians play.
1: I don't remember what we renamed one of the. Um, uh, oh yes, I do. We have like the Virgin Mobile one because yeah. is that what John Cusack and. Joan Cusack used to advertise for. <laughs> so did they like, do
0: phone commercials? I don't recall that.
1: Yeah, they did.
0: Also, oh, interesting. how
1: like, cute is Anne Cusack as Shirley Baker? I know. Just beautiful and cute as a butt. And yeah. everyone in this movie is so
0: hot except for Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's got some kind of appeal to him for being like as he cleans up through the movie. He doesn't actually fully clean up during the movie. No, but he does have a vibe that you're just like, okay, like you're you're better-ish. And then once he starts to get
1: better, adjacent fine-ass Bill Pullman comes to
0: town, and you're like, oh my
1: god, Bill Pullman. You
0: you know, I want while you were sleeping to happen to me, (sighs) like so bad. Yeah. Oh. his kid was in top gun maverick i was like why does this guy look like he's a oh. Bill Pullman light and it's the one with the glasses and i was like this is gonna make me re- i gotta look right thank you imdb so i looked it up and i was like oh my god you're bill Pullman son!" i see it um i feel really uncomfortable now because i also think you're cute and now this is a weird phase of life to be in.
1: <laughs> this is a weird it's a weird conjecture when fucking when fucking good-looking bill pullman and that's where they really missed the mark with the tv show they didn't find anyone as fine as bill
0: pullman to be the husband i love when he walks in and he's oh, like hi it's he's judy just, and he's <sighs> just in the door holding a hat and she just and we're, we're on the heels of betty spaghetti's husband being dead, dead. He and died. the emotion that you see in gina davis's face the concern the worry that you're is holding so good. with her you are very concerned tom is walking slowly to both of them they're sitting next to each other which one is it oh my god i can't take it anymore betty i'm so sorry it's george she just can't she can't she and can't then, play and then we go through get them home and gina davis is Balling because she's held all of these emotions about her husband being in the war. She can't take it anymore. That was her breaking point. And who walks in?
1: But fine ass Bill Bowman looking the oh. best he's ever looked.
0: And she's like, I look terrible. And he's like, You are the most beautiful thing I've ever seen.
1: Bill Bowman is probably the reason why I wanted to be an army wife. That and that trashy show on Lifetime. <laughs> I was like, Look at him with that hat and the khaki fucking sexy and then like tom hanks sees bill Bill pullman and like i think when i was a kid because everything was supposed to be like romance centered if it was Mm -hmm. about women i was Mm -hmm. like well clearly gina davis and tom hanks had a really inappropriate crush on one another that's what happens in all of the movies and this go around, I was like, no, you were just conditioned to believe that they should have had a crush on one
0: another. They just mutually understood one another. Yep. Yep. Totally, because they could have been a dynamite team had Dottie stayed in the league Correct. because she's a solid player. I mean, he's told her multiple times you're the best damn player in the league, um, and he knows the sport inside out. And so, like, the way that she makes him better, it's not as a romantic partner. It's as a friend who cares because Gina Davis makes – because Dottie Henson made everybody better. better. yeah.
1: When she she doesn't want to go out drinking with them because she's a nice married lady, but she immediately gets word that they're about to get caught. So she drags them all out of the bar, including a singing in love Marla
0: and doesn't say they'll kick you out of the league. She says they'll kick us Us out out of the of the league. Yeah. So she doesn't see herself as an individual unit. She sees herself as part of a team. Which is something else that was missing from the
1: Prime show. I don't think that anyone on the Peaches side of the world in that show thought of anyone as an us. It wasn't the team. It wasn't all of us. It was this is my shot. This is my secret. This
0: is what will get me kicked out of the league. Until Joe gets traded. And then they're like, oh, we need her. We're a team. I was like, have you been a team this entire time? Because I missed it
1: i missed it i missed it i missed when you all liked one another um god gina davis is so good in this movie
0: she oh yeah yeah she's fantastic do you remember when she had her own show the gina davis i do
1: yeah Yeah. i
0: used to watch it she'd always have
1: like high waisted pants on yeah (laughs) i love gina davis um and god the movie is so good and even when bill pullman comes back to town like tom hanks does a double take probably because tom hanks is also like that is the finest man (laughs) i've ever seen yeah i have traveled the world with other men in baseball uniforms and you sir you are what a man should be Mm -hmm. and honestly i would probably quit baseball if it meant going home with you (laughs) yep and he just knows he knows there's like and I also like that where he walks up to her because she's clearly packing up to go. And he's like, so this is it.
0: Mm-hmm. And she's like,
1: yeah, we're going to go home. We're going to have babies. And he's like, OK. And like he, he knows he's in a position where he can push very hard to make her stay. Mm-hmm. But he also knows he's in no pos- position to do that. So he says his like check in and then he goes back into the bus.
0: Yeah. Does he come back and give her a speech? Oh, maybe he does. Yeah, he's like, you're going to regret it, and da-da-da, and all these things. Like, you can go back to Oregon and do that, and you have all the time in the world to do that, but this right here, right mm-hmm. now, da-da-da. And here's the thing about
1: the going home to have babies. Clearly, Kit had a buttload of babies. <laughs> like, she shows up to that museum with a buttload of a family. Gina Davis went by herself, their one baby, <laughs> <laughs> packed her a suitcase, I was like, Gina... You could have had it all. You could have done the baseball. You could have continued to fuck Bill Pullman. And you could have had a lot of babies.
0: (laughs) You know, did you ever see Oh shit, what
1: was it called?
0: Keep talking. I'm going to find it. Because it was the one thing I saw Bill Pullman in that made me the most uncomfortable. And I was really upset.
1: Oh no. Because my friend was like
0: you have to watch this show with me. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fine, I will. You know, Because I'm familiar with the this franchise you're talking about i understand what's happening blah blah even i mean I bill watch. holman always be a nice man and then i watched this show with my friend no bill and holman. i was like one this shit could really happen so i'm really upset that you made me watch it two i do not like no one wants to watch bill
1: Pullman be a bad bad man um did you know on the IMDb they list their baseball positions? I thought that that yeah. was really cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they do that in the end credits too.
1: That's awesome! Like, I was like, "What a nod to people who understand baseball."
0: Yeah, it's Torchwood. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize Torchwood. it was from 2011. No, but it's like I don't remember there being
1: 41 episodes. Well, maybe you didn't watch all of it because it made Bill Pullman a bad
0: man. No, because there's like a mini... Oh, you know what it is? I know why. I know why. 2011, Miracle Day. That's why. Torchwood Miracle Day, Series 4, um, is like a set it's a separate series it's the same series torchwood but then it's like two years later miracle Mm. and so it's a whole thing so i only watched torchwood miracle day um and he is not a good person in it and it was like i turned to my friend i turned to my friend i was like i can't believe you fucking ruined bill pullman i can't who wants to ruin bill fucking pullman i was so mad i was so so freaking mad but then he redeemed himself by being in. Who was he in that I loved recently? Oh,
1: I want to talk about uh, death. De- oh yeah, I want to talk about um, death delivery guy. Oh, and uh-huh. how rude and awful he is! <laughs> I and... have to
0: have a name. There's no name on this list. Well, number this one, is the he... federal
1: government. Number one, he's just like narrating the fact that someone's gonna die. He's like, oh God, you know.
0: The government couldn't even send you somebody in person. Today's not a good day for me.
1: Today's not a good day for me. I gotta tell you that your husband's dead. And I was like, I want Tom Hanks to kill this man. But then, again, I was like, this is something else that the show kind of tried to address and then glossed over was the realities of fucking war. Yeah. Because how many women did have just a bumbling idiot be like, it's a death telegram. Yeah.
0: Again, I think they did an okay job with it on Max and Clance's side Yeah, when Clance's husband gets recruited and she's like, this is scary because you know, black um, soldiers aren't treated the same and like all those things. But the other thing that I think was really (laughs) that I picked up on this time that I haven't picked up in years past because I think we forget they rebranded it's not the war department anymore but at the time they were you know the department of war Mm -hmm. now it's the department of defense oh and i can't remember when that switch happened over but they did a like a whole rebranding one of my other favorite lines less scary one of my other
1: favorite lines is when everyone has a turn telling Evelyn to keep that kid away from them, except for Gina Davis, who tells her, "I hope I have five just like you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the consummate professional, the consummate yeah, I perfect hope I woman. Have five, it's the fu- it's one of the funniest lines when yeah. she goes, "I hope I have five just like him." Yeah. <laughs> This movie's brilliant. The, the, the movie deliveries of the, written. you know, the comedic timing, the the dialogue, like all of it. Um, Tom Hanks when Rosie O'Donnell had her own show, Tom Hanks was on and he's they were talking about you know filming together blah blah, blah. and he's like yeah you know my they're talking about their favorite scenes so he's like well my favorite scene is the you know I'm gonna show you so they show a clip, it's not in the actual movie I don't think, and it's <laughs> Rosie running out to the outfield <laughs> She's she's. Like,
1: And did Tom bring it, or did Rosie go? This one's my favorite.
0: No, Tom brought it. Tom
1: brought it. He's like, "Here's my favorite clip. Is yeah. you eating it?" Yeah. I also, my favorite line of the movie is when Madonna is trying to convince Gina Davis. Here's the thing: like, we hit a home run. I and flash my bosom. My bosom my, my my bosom falls out, and Rosie O'Donnell just looks at her. It goes, "Do you think there's a man in this country who hasn't seen your bosoms?" <laughs> may and she's like so concerned may do you think there's a man in this country who hasn't seen your bosoms
0: <laughs> so funny and like
1: there's she, so many lines that are she's funny. not even being ironic about it she's like okay saying, Dottie, i'm just saying i'm running okay i'm running and it just comes out it and it just open. it just pops open because they're that desperate to do anything they can to help <laughs> to the, league. Save the league to save the league and then it's like titties <laughs> kisses for foul balls with ellen may who somehow got hotter in this rewatch of the movie i was like is ellen may prettier than i remember her <laughs> me? um
0: it's so funny
1: and then like they tried to touch that oh A- again ahead. they were really heavy-handed in the let's make a point about women and then they didn't make a point at all because
0: they took out all of the context of the movie yeah so the com- when you and i were talking about the jimmy dugan checking in with gina davis when she was yeah. leaving i found the i found the transcript it's like i know he gave her a speech he gave her a speech he says taking a day trip Dottie. no bob and i are driving home to Oregon. jimmy long pause you know i really thought you were a ball player Dottie. well you were wrong was i dotty yeah it was it's only a game jimmy it's only a game and i and i don't need this i have bob i don't need this at all jimmy i gave away five years at the end of my career drinking five years and now there isn't anything i wouldn't give to get back any day of it dotty well we're different jimmy This is chicken shit, Dottie. If you want to go back to Oregon and make a hundred babies, great. I'm in no position to tell anyone how to live. But sneaking out like this, quitting, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. Dottie, it just got too hard. Jimmy, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great.
1: There's no crying in baseball. (laughs)
0: Uh, this movie's a great movie i wish the show would have been great you know I wish it- it, it's one of those things in life this is sounds so terrible and i'm just an asshole but it's one of those same th- moments in life when you're when i regret not just saying like fuck you to everybody and taking my baby and moving to la and trying to have a career because in my mind i had this s- show built yeah for the last 30 years, I've been mm-hmm. building this show in my head. What would I do to honor the stories that didn't get to be a part of the All American Girls Baseball League? Yeah. What would I do to honor the league in general, the impact, the influence? My grandmother was the right age for all of this stuff during mm-hmm. that time. And she's not a sports person, but my, you know, but we grew up, my grandfathers, both of them loved baseball. We grew up watching baseball. And so, I appreciate that Abby Jacobson's version had so many people who are queer in the cast. And that is wonderful. It also, when you go back and watch the original and then compare the two, the original still stands taller because you have so much heart. You really do feel, you really do feel it. You really do understand it. Like when, um, the guys like, what do you mean you're shutting it down? Like the the board and uh, Gary Marshall's like, the war's ending. The boys are coming back. Like, we're sorry, and he's like, oh, I guess this is how it's going to be in the factories too. Like, okay, Rosie, turn in your rivets. We tell these women to get out of the kitchen. It's their American duty to do this and help their country. And now we're just going to send them back to the kitchen. And Gary Marshall, you want us to send the boys coming back from war to the kitchen like that? snapshot of what America was like when it came to the conversation about women was so impactful to me as a child. Mm -hmm. Not even as a child, because the movie came out when I was eight. So yeah, a child. That it highlighted to me that it wasn't just, it wasn't as glamorous as these memory shows were doing. Like, to me, A League of Their Own was literally saying, it's cute that you guys want to, like, God complex what was going on with women standing tall. Here's a here's a harsh dose with a lot of heart yeah. of how it felt to be in that era. Yeah. And it helped me understand my grandmothers better. Well, Always have it- your own money. Don't rely on your husband necessarily. It's okay to try and do something that you want to do with your life. Don't worry about getting married. Make sure you're educated. Like, All the messages they gave me, I think I understood where it came from because of this movie. Well,
1: and I think a bigger slap in the face is they wanted us to be grateful that -hmm. they had to rely on us during the war. Right. So it's like, not only are you relying on us during the war because you've shipped everyone else that you usually rely on out. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you want us to be like, well, thank you, sir, for letting me play baseball. Thank you. I really love my new riveting gun like no and they wanted that to captured wanted... in May's speech. yeah, you're not shutting me down. That's right and and at the end at the end of the day like I think a league of their own highlighted that you know, And I do think we should go. I want to go see them at the Baseball Hall of Fame if that exhibit is actually a thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it. I don't know if it's still standing, but it was for sure. I think that actually it. I think the time it opened was earlier. I think the exhibit opened in like the late 80s. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm pretty sure it's still part of the. But it's one. I do want to go to Cooperstown. That is that is a real thing on my bucket list. Is to go to Cooperstown. I think what it is, is like a
1: league of their own took these monoliths where it's like, these are our heroes. These are the mm-hmm. women and Rosie Riveters and all of it. And it made them your mom yeah. or it's your aunt playing baseball. And now I'm going to be an asshole. And I'm going to sound just like my mom when I said, when I say that the Amazon Prime Uh, show was just trying to shove points down my throat Mm, mm -hmm. that like these people matter
0: yeah i knew that they mattered i wanted them to matter to me you know and it's interesting because i feel like that's a lot of television and movies these days Mm -hmm. it's a lot of like here's a very pointed not so subtle message heavy handed nail it on the head whereas you know with a league of their own there's a lot of messaging but there's also a lot of nuance yeah Uh and there's a lot of stuff that we grew up with watching in the 90s and some of the 80s not really but the 90s where it was like here's heavy messaging but you don't feel like you're being preached at because it's nuanced and we're getting a lot of preachy shit right now and that's really hard because like i was just i just i was just again I have this conversation with my friend Nikki all the time you can stop telling me that my people were enslaved give me Correct. other shit <laughs> right. because it's becoming more and more aggressive over time like the message of we were enslaved right. feels like it's becoming more and more aggressive over time and that's like, hard for me like right so- we're
1: currently um reminding white people that we killed Emmett Till and it's like, you know? I, I know that we killed Emmett Till over a lie. I also didn't need that lady to say it on her deathbed.
0: And and there's a way, I don't know, like the the, the Malcolm X movie was so good. Yeah. And it wasn't preachy. At least to me, it didn't feel preachy. I also didn't grow up during Malcolm X, right? Like I'm coming mm-hmm. in after Malcolm X's death. I read his autobiography. But watching the movie, it didn't feel like a heavy handed message of, this is what Malcolm X was about. It felt like, this is what Malcolm X was about. This is his life. Here well, you go. It felt like a biopic. It felt informational. It didn't feel like, you motherfuckers don't right.
1: understand Malcolm X. Yeah. And I think what ends up happening, too, is the people who get it get it, but then you're just literally pissing off the people who don't get it, and yeah. now they're loud. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need them to be loud about anything else. Please make them feel something for the people that they're watching on screen. Mm-hmm. So they empathize with yeah. the people who surround
0: them. Right. That's a huge part of it. And I feel like a lot of that is missing nowadays. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably why I'm always gravitating towards Marvel movies. Because it. It's a superhero storyline. I'm sure if you wanted to get deep about it, you can get deep about it. But at the end of the day, like, you can be superficial about it. Yeah. And there's
1: an art to subtleness mm -hmm, that when it is absent, you notice. Where it's like, my God, you're just hitting me over the head with it. And it makes your characters one dimensional. Yeah. What did we know about Carson? She liked making out with Greta. The end.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What did we know about Greta? She felt shame because she liked making out with women. The end. Yeah.
0: And compared to Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. Compared to the
1: way that Doris's dad accidentally not accidentally unintentionally slut shames may Mm -hmm. that happens your dad is always accidentally slut shaming someone and you have to be like don't hey you could have kept that one to yourself Mm
0: -hmm. and even further than that too with dotty and kit there you understand kit feels overshadowed by dotty with dotty you understand she's conflicted she loves playing She loves her sister. She loves her husband. But a woman's place in her mind, she's not. And I felt like this movie was her trying to deal with her desire to want more, Mm -hmm. her desire of wanting more, but her obligation of what a good woman does in
1: 1941.
0: And I think what happens in the
1: prime show is that Abby Jacobson made it almost too easy for the women to have their way as if it was 2022 Mm. oh nick offerman quit we don't need to rehire him um oh carson's husband comes back good news he's gonna say that he doesn't need a baby right away and she can keep playing and it's like that feels unrealistic to me
0: yeah because there's a level of so so like historical fiction Mm -hmm. right is a whole genre And there is a level where you, how are you true to what was happening at the time? Correct. And then playing a new game. So like Bridgerton, I think with their colorblind casting does a really good job because it's based on fake shit. Yeah. Right. The aristocracy is real, but the Bridgertons are fucking fake. Right. (laughs) So it doesn't matter if print, if Queen Charlotte is black or not, because it's a fucking fake thing the all-american girls baseball league is real so to tie in things that are true to the time so staying true to the time but still being able to make it not feel like you're reinforcing negative stereotypes correct i feel like the 92 version does that yeah yes and that's i think a lot of like okay can i just not to be a tangent but everyone's losing their shit about blonde right now yeah and part and i'm like first of all it's not a biopic anybody who read the book will tell you it's in the fiction section of the bookstore this is not a true to marilyn monroe's life story she didn't sign off on this she didn't her estate not super thrilled they're like okay it's good um but that's but that's another example of like right. this is fiction there's creative license here however because it's a real person there is a weird line where you have to balance delicately because there are some things that just are factually inaccurate that happen in this movie like she doesn't die before cast chap or she doesn't die after cast chaplin he dies 6 years after she dies mm-hmm. and like there's little things like that where I'm just like, okay, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. But then somebody um, on Instagram sent me a DM because I was like bitching about like people being so upset about this biopic. I'm like, it's not a biopic. Stop calling it a biopic. Right. And they were like, it's being marketed like a biopic. It It is. And I was like, shit, I guess because I read the book 20 years ago, I walked into knowing it's not a biopic. It it
1: is literally being marketed like they are telling Marilyn's story as if Marilyn gets to.
0: No, this is Joyce Carol Oates' imagination of Marilyn Monroe's life. That's what this is. And then my
1: urging to Joyce Carol Oates is, why didn't you just do what anyone does? Tell marilyn monroe's story without naming her marilyn marilyn monroe wasn't the only woman abused by the system around her hollywood Mm -hmm. or not
0: no so
1: like there's a story there you can imagine exactly what happened with marilyn monroe and we all do Mm -hmm. if you wanted to tell what you assumed happened to her name her anything but marilyn yeah So, like, it's just, like, it's a miss on everyone for me. Like, Joyce Carol Oates, that's irresponsible. And that book came out in 1999. (laughs) Right. No one wants a fictional account of Marilyn Monroe's life because the nonfiction account is horrific enough. Number two. Then it's the marketing of it all. To me, like, that's irresponsible. One way that I think that... We've seen this done right. I haven't watched the movie yet. But maybe I will now that my weekend has freed up. In The Hate You Give, I kept telling you as I was reading it, I go, they don't pull any punches. But they also don't tell me that they're not pulling punches on purpose. Right. It is literally a little girl living in her neighborhood Mm -hmm. through the horrific death and murder of her friend. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not pulling any punches about what this neighborhood is like, but there's like no footnote to be like, and three out of seven neighborhoods in America are like this or whatever. It's literally, this is the truth. And I think that a league of their own does that because you can't change the fact that they probably did have to make out with guys during foul balls. 1992 version. Yeah. The 1992 version. You can't, like, you probably can't change the fact that there was a lot
0: of, you know, queer uh, bias.
1: Duh. Duh.
0: Yeah, there were hella laws again. And in some states, some of those laws are still on the fucking books. Duh. Like, it's a duh for me. Like, Amazon Prime, you didn't have
1: to, like, make that everyone's story in the show for me to be like, oh, oh. Because those issues are still happening today. Yeah. So why didn't you just tell me a story Mm -hmm. without making it a did you know show? Yes, I knew.
0: Yeah. And I think what's beautiful about certain types of storytelling that doesn't necessarily happen anymore is that it, like you're saying, the Mm -hmm. did you know doesn't exist. It's just we're plopping you in. Yeah. Here's a snippet. God, I I miss that about the I way we told stories huh i know i miss good
1: storytelling i miss when you could trust your audience to go there with you yeah and i think what's also happening and we've seen it happening for years it's not just new with the league of their own prime show is no one wants a show that's going to be complicated mm-hmm. so we just spoon feed them everything
0: hmm yeah but you can spoon feed everything and still have a sh- a movie that's good top gun maverick i didn't see it you don't have to i actually think it might make you angry um I because i don't tom like tom C- cruise because tom cruise's character t- so hasn't creepy. grown in 35 years he's still so a you know creepy. huffy puffy i'm right yeah. guy but it's still an enjoyable movie because they're they're so committed to the plot there's nothing complicated about it the acting's pretty decent and they give us a beach scene where everyone's half naked with all the mabs so i'm not mad at it bodies 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 was a very simple story and
1: yet i was tense the entire time
0: yeah see there's another example right like that was a good movie and then we see don't worry (laughs) darling
1: i know and then we see don't worry darling and we see these places where people refuse to fill in the holes for themselves yeah so they're mad at olivia wilde for not telling them to which i would argue and i haven't made this argument yet to the people who just scream at me that there were so many holes in that movie Mm -hmm. that movie you're living as alice so what alice knows you know and there were things that she had time to try and figure out and discover and then there were things that she didn't have time to figure out and discover like people are like why didn't we go in deeper as to why olivia wilde would choose this because we didn't have the time we were going to be murdered right why don't we know where the men got this information because alice doesn't know we lived that movie through alice right we forget that our narrator is where we get our information
0: yeah and we're so used to the viewpoint of we know everything yeah like the narrator knows everything yes and i just i don't particularly care for that style even when i was studying it in school and even in high school all through it like i was just like i don't want, i don't wanna, give me give me the narrator who's unstable <laughs> are you the one no who just unreliable. told me that they don't like unreliable narrators
1: oh no I, I i'm here for an unreliable narrator it must have been one of my friends that i was out to dinner with and then they were like holding cold it the kid in the holden. catcher in the rye who i can't fucking stand yeah he's the worst <laughs> They were like, he's fine because he's a teenager. I go, he's a teenager. They'll grow into an abusive old man. Like He's not
0: fine because he's a teenager. Look, it is 6 o'clock. We don't have that kind of time for you to tell me who that was so I could yell at them in the DMs about that.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't even remember who it was. Um, this has been our discovery of A League of Their Own. Let's do our last question. Jules, were you still comfy
0: with the movie? I was. I was. Because all the things that I was like, icky, it was like, well, it's 1941. So that's why it's icky.
1: And I think sometimes we lose sight of if there's no ickiness, then we don't know what's icky and what isn't icky anymore. Like sometimes there has to be ickiness put into a plot point or a story so we can go, oh my God, that's icky.
0: yeah and start
1: to read our reactions
0: yeah and when i say icky i mean things like when doris's dad slut shames may yeah but dad
1: still be slut shaming.
0: yeah exactly or when like they're all constantly referring to the women as girls you know like that kind of stuff we're just like okay that's icky but it's not like so icky that you're just like i can't hang right um because again it's you know a I don't want to say accurate to the time period, time period, but it, you know, it makes it more authentic. At least I think. Yeah,
1: I think we get hung up on a lot of things. Of like, we fixed that. It Mm -hmm. shouldn't be in a movie anymore. And I'm like, we haven't fixed sexual assault. Re-release Thelma and Louise right now. Every woman's gonna have something to say about how it's true.
0: And men still refer to women as girls. As girls, women—they're grown ass, even though they're grown ass women. And daddy still slut shame your friends. Yeah.
1: Like, and people still would have judged Marla on her looks. If part of your job was being good looking, Marla wouldn't have gotten hired. Right. So, Marla Hooch. Marla Hooch. She's kind line. of my favorite. She's the best. Her and Madonna. Oh Oh my gosh. And Rosie's just so fun in this movie. Rosie's so fucking fun. Why didn't Rosie and Madonna just become a power duo who was in every movie together?
0: You know, I don't think that Madonna wanted to. Because do you remember when she'd come on Rosie's show? They they were friends in real life. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe
1: Madonna didn't want to act. Maybe you don't have to do it all, Harry Styles. And maybe you shouldn't. I am also still comfy with the movie. The movie still makes me warm and gooey. It still makes me go, ugh, men in all of the right places. (laughs) Yeah. Tom Hanks is disgusting and I love it. I love a disgusting, sloppy Tom Hanks. Yep. And Gina Davis is gorgeous and they're all hot. And Bill Pullman is so funny. Fucking fine in that movie. Just like I even feel like they fucked with the
0: lighting around him, so they'd be like, "See how gorgeous he is." I mean, if you can pull off the Bill Pullman high cutie to oh, me, God. I might. Kate, I might start marrying men again. <laughs> it's sweater
1: season. I've already told men who have been putting on their cardigans, I'm like, nothing makes me reconsider dating men again. <laughs> like a fucking cable knit sweater i go however neither one of us is going to be happy because no man can penetrate me until i get my bodily autonomy back do you hear me congress no one gets to ejaculate anywhere near me (laughs) until i get my bodily autonomy back
0: um also california we have a bill coming up on the ballot a proposition rather that makes keeps it protected in our state so Mm-hmm. You know what to do, California. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Because I will make
1: all of California sex starve you. It's my new platform. There's a lot sex- of people here. It's 40 million people
0: in this state. We sex starve the
1: people who took away our bodily autonomy. We sex starve them until they give it back.
0: <laughs> Jules, hmm. tell the people where they can find you. Friends, I'm on Instagram. I have a couple the Julia Washington for book reviews and me just being sometimes a hot mess or really put together and beautiful. It just depends on the day. If you love the concept of my show, Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both, you can find us on the gram. Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. If you have a story of everyday misogyny and you don't
1: want to say it on Instagram or on a hot mic Uh, You can DM it to me and I will find someone else who has an adjacent story to yours. And we will do an entire episode about the misogyny that you yourself have experienced. Because that's the whole point of to all the men I've tolerated before, that our stories of everyday misogyny get told because we like to pretend that misogyny just is fixed. Like women get to work and vote now. What
0: more do we want? Um, If you're in Georgia oh god or mississippi they're coming for you they're coming for all of us the war of women
1: is secretly gaining ground never forget it it's my last thought that i think as i fall asleep and it's the first thought that i think of when i wake up we are living in a war against women and femme presenting humans and anyone who isn't a white cis straight man (laughs) We are on Instagram at Men I've Tolerated Pod. I am on Instagram and uh, TikTok at Nadleyk124. There is no shortage of me on the internet. Last night, I told a friend not to cry, that I couldn't go to trivia on Wednesday because I'm seeing bros and he may miss me. And he said, don't worry, I could always listen to your podcast.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and everyone tomorrow night we'll be on instagram live talking about the one and only one tree hill and season two and all of these fuck boys that they've incorporated into my show and we're going to be on the river court so tomorrow night we'll see you on the river court and stay cozy stay comfy i almost can- want to add san francisco like i'm fucking
0: will like we're on the news or something yeah stay cozy stay comfy <laughs> Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the weather. Stay comfy, stay cozy, San Francisco. I really love this episode of Still Comfy with Natalie because A League of Their Own is one of, again, I've said it already, one of my all-time top five favorite movies ever. And now that it's summer, it's time to dust it off the shelf and watch it every Saturday while crying and learning new depths of my soul pop culture makes me jealous is written edited and produced by me your host and we are supported through our patreon community if you want more of this show you can join patreon to get one bonus episode a month access to our quarterly socially hour (laughs) socially hour how about access to our quarterly social hour and access to our life book club we've recently revamped the patreon to accommodate our new show releasing soon jelly pops book club podcast where we will dive into book to screen adaptations. You can find us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Julia Washington. You can also find the show on Instagram or TikTok at pop culture makes me jealous. If you want to talk about a league of their own, I'm here for it. If you want to share this episode with somebody who also loves a league of their own, do that too. Thanks for tuning in y'all until next time.